Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Episode 145, The Fucking Fablemans, man. Hello and welcome to the ultimate prestige Oscar bait edition of the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeMaster with me as always is Brother Bishki. Meet the Fablemans. We got Brother Lucas in the back. Reverse shot of amazing awe. And if you know anything about this humble podcast, you know our guest today is Brother Zach. Shalom, token Jew in the back here. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to finally meet these Fablemans. We've been Mm -hmm. hearing so much about Mm -hmm. them. Steven Spielberg talking about his life. I mean... Two and a half hours long. It is two and a half hours long, and basically it is guaranteed Oscar gold on many fronts. What do we think about that going in? Are our arms crossed, or are we like, yeah, Mm -hmm. Steven... Give it to us. Somewhere in between. <laughs> Somewhere in between. Big mix of fear and anticipation. Mm. I've come to, this is our fourth Spielberg movie now. Oh, wow. We, wow, that's a lot. We did Ready Player One, yes, Hot Take. Did. Yes, we did. We did that West, was our famous like 10-minute hot take. <laughs> yeah. We did. Too uh, hot to take. We did West Side Story last yes, year. Yes, we did. And, mm. and rather like that... Um, for the folks that were on the cast, yeah. and then, there was some bravado in that in that one. He was coming, he was coming with a hot hand. Yeah, there. so that's yeah. that that's what kind of got that me was, going. That was the origin of First to Bone that episode. Oh yes. wow, mm, there yes. you have it. Wow, and then uh, I need to revisit that. And then of course we did Jaws this past summer. Jaws we released. Very nice. Yeah, that was IMAX with, so, with Emily, first timer in the water. So we have a lot of love for Spielberg, but there's there's the running time going against this, <laughs> and I, I'm not worried about the running time. I have some issues with. Uh, at least one of the actors in uh, Paul Dano. I'm not a fan of. Really? No, I've never been a fan of Dano. Come and, on. And Michelle Williams, I'm a little. <laughs> oh, what do you, what come do you on, Michelle Bishy. Williams. I'll give you Dano. But I come had on, I had a serious crush on Michelle Williams. Uh, probably started at Dawson's Creek in high school, but definitely up like through Blue Valentine. Mm. I was feeling feelings. What's uh, wrong with you, Bishki? With all due respect. Well, I just heard things. So oh, what? Well, no. So if I'm Spielberg, I'm <laughs> casting Michelle Williams as my mom because she's sexy smart af uh, as all moms are matriarch bohemian matriarch there's an interesting uh and i promise i promise lodge master i was going to bring uh i was going to bring the jewish point of view to this you did promise that i promise that and i and i intend on bringing it but i think it is interesting we've got a number of personal films from filmmakers we got this from steven yeah we got uh armageddon time from mr gray and in both of those movies you've got jewish filmmakers making very specifically you know personal jewish upbringing films and they cast shiksas as both mothers and that is freudian to the extreme <sighs> yeah um <laughs> It's so, the best of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> more, okay. univer- more universal. <clears throat> so I think that's that's interesting to me. I, I, I all I all I know. I, we've all seen this trailer. Sure. Um, I'm a little nervous with the trailer that he was giving himself a little too much praise about his own origin story. But I've been told, cool your jets. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not a, like that. Give it a chance. So I'm okay. giving it a chance. Okay. I, I'm I'm nervous. Steven sometimes lays it on the schmaltz on so thick. This has got to be thick. It's so got to be thick. thick. I'm but I'm going in big tent, big tent. Let's go. Give me this kind of a film that only Steven can deliver. That's right. Uh, I'm I'm open minded, open hearted. Is it John Williams' music? I think it's, it's his last be. score. I think it's John Williams' last be. score. Ah, okay. Um, 
And I'm even more nervous because I'm coming off weird, the Al Yankovic story. <laughs> so, so it better stack up. So this, <laughs> so this is going to be Spielberg like totally doing lines off a hooker's ass. <laughs> no, it's going to be totally the opposite of that. And it's in sincerity and it's um, earnestness. It's mm-hmm. got to be a little humor in this, right? For sure. It'll be, it'll, 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 be humor. It'll, it'll be all kinds of shades of the dragon. Um, <laughs> all shades of dragon, probably. Will but. there be a salad dragon in this film? Mm-hmm. My bet is no. <laughs> My bet is hell no. Maybe. <laughs> but maybe. Maybe. What might surprise us? Well, well, what is the Spielberg dragon that you can think of in his career? Like maybe, like maybe, yeah, it's like some surreal like dream sequence he Recreating has. Recreating the that, Shining in Ready Player One. Yeah. <laughs> Mind yeah. blowing, man. Um, yeah, we, yeah. We'll just have to see. We'll know it if we see it. Yeah. We are returning to the Burbank 8 Mm-hmm. Eight is, shots. This is the theater we're, that's inside the mall. We're giving ourselves recliners for this two and a half hour movie. That's why we're here. It's a little screen, big comfort. That's the gambit that I'm making. It's here. actually made famous by me when with the the Life Itself Lodge cast, I got physically nauseated <laughs> and had ditched. to leave before I barfed. <laughs> you fucking did. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's made infamous by one of our earliest episodes, which if you haven't heard it, it's an all-timer. It's the Gotti episode. Gotti, yeah. Oh. Gotti was seen here. Two we, of our lodgers got got. We yeah. we did the intro at Sparrow's in the food court to honor the Italian heritage. Best sound quality. Uh, money to buy. <laughs> <laughs> early sound quality. We Ooh. did the movie pass shuffle oh, where you mm. buy a seat on Fandango, refund it, and then pick it up on the movie pass. <laughs> Just so you could reserve a seat. <laughs> oh, wild times. And wild it, times they were. And some, a couple of hippies fucking snuck in there and <sighs> took out two of our seats. A row. It was a, there was a break in the chain. A mob ben, hit. Ben and Nate got whacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking horrible. But <laughs> was this the Gotti crew? Zach, were you on it? Yes, oh, this yeah. is the Gotti crew. Was I on it? I'm, I'm sorry. How fucking dare you? How was I on it? It's he been, was it. It's been, he was it. It's been five years. I'm Gotti sorry. was formative. God, was it that long ago? Yeah. My God. So we're back. We're at back. The, the scene of the crime. Yeah. And uh, for I a can't, different for a different beast. I can't wait to see how the eight is holding up. Listen, we could speculate all damn day about what the Fablemans, who they are and what they're doing. But I say we just go in, get that two and a half hour blast mm-hmm. and we'll we'll sort out the pieces on the other side. Take us to movie heaven, Steven. Woo! Love and light, y'all. Love and projector, projecting light. <laughs> <laughs>
exterior, the Burbank 8. It's been raining. We're back from the miserable men. I mean, the Fablemans. Before we get into it, Bishki, you better drop that schnapps. I'm going to bust. Bishki, what's that schnapps? Um, I was expecting like a three paragraph schnapps, but thankfully, <laughs> thankfully we got a two sentence schnapps. Okay. Yes. From Ryan Tomatoes, young Sammy Fableman falls in love with movies after his parents take him to see the greatest show on earth. Armed with a camera, Sammy starts to make his own films at home, much to the delight of his supportive mother. Period. What? That's a weird show. What? Yeah. That's yeah. not the movie we saw. We saw a lot <laughs> I more. I wish that. we saw that movie. It <laughs> sounds like a pretty that good movie, like great, right? <laughs> sounds like a fun romp. Oh my god. Okay. Mm. This was like the revolutionary road of growing up a cine- <laughs> cinephile movies. Yes, Lucas. One hundred percent. Okay. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. The Eight's Alive and Well. It uh, we got we got pretty well. We got churro bites. <laughs> Bishki and I didn't have functioning uh, chairs. Though. Yeah, was, so our whole our whole plan to come here to recline yeah. was almost foiled. I eventually about an hour in, I was yeah. like, I need to recline. This movie is a recline movie. You so gotta find the I ones moved, that work. I moved over a seat and reclined, but. Yeah, mine was a little rickety too. But I started recline, but then I had to unrecline because it was just Lucas too, was drifting. too dangerous. Lucas was drifting. Mm-hmm. He had those chocolate, they're chocolate stuffed churros, and they were yeah. fabulous. Yeah, oh wow! Yeah. Okay, Lucas uh, offered me one, and I'm like, "This is uh, this is an interesting offer." And I've been into it. I'm like, where has this been all my life? It's interesting. Some treats were discovered and others were kept at bay because I was (laughs) curious about the curly fries and the look on your face was (sighs) just one of the I just can't imagine that they're giving proper attention to fry crispness. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. At the Burbank 8. No, on a Sunday morning. Yeah, (laughs) Sunday morning. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't think so. So we got into our seats. We got the Babylon trailer. Thank God. Can't wait. Finally get that out of the trailer rotation. And then we get the universal logo and a moon sneaks in near the earth and the Amblin entertainment logo takes over. Seamlessly melded as one company burn. And I hear a voice in the darkness and I recognize it to be Zach's voice. And he says, excuse me? Well, because if I may, it was the cinematic equivalent of watching a dog piss on the furniture. Is what I thought. Like, I mean, you know, you have a, a esteemed logo, and then they don't even let the bumper finish. No, nope. no, it's and, one clip. And Stephen just had to lift a leg on oh, it. Oh yeah, and it, I just was stunned. He got. Right I was in stunned. There. You that know, was something excuse else. Excuse me? But but what's but what's crazy is I was surprised to see the Universal logo because I thought this was 100% full like, Amblin. Yeah, like independently financed. Like it no should one's, be. no one's releasing this. But it could and be someone asked me like is it Universal distributing? I was like, I guess cuz that's where his offices have been for 30 40 years, but like But Amblin isn't a distributor. No, I know, but I just I was shocked this is a Universal theatrical it's a release. release. Yeah. Like I know they did it limited 600 screens to platform it to, to hopefully expand it I think I heard recently they're just going to dump it next week on Peacock oh, wow. or whatever Peacock I don't know like <laughs> no, it's going it's going streaming sooner than than Spielberg I think at hope maybe. they shouldn't okay. go wide with this because the, the per screen averages on those 600 haven't been doing it let's talk Fablemans mm-hmm. because we're doing a lot of grumbling let's get mm-hmm. to the meat mm-hmm. of the grumbles here mm-hmm. <sighs> We if, start with a Batman origin story oh outside man. the movie. That was the only way I could watch the movie. I, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because I thought this movie works if it's a Riddler backstory. How the Riddler from, from the Batman, yes. <clears throat> right off the bat, you got Dano and Williams just in ham bone, just laying it on. This is the way, boys. This is this is my (laughs) lifelong battle with this filmmaker in in miniature. He told Michelle Williams to play his mom like Judy Garland on stage every scene. You're gonna see some magic, son. 
And then there's going to be moving pictures it's at 24, 24 frames a second. <laughs> and then you describe. Don't worry, son. We'll be there when the lights go dim. And when the magic begins, you'll leave with a smile plastered over your face. A sloppy oh. smile. A wet oh. kiss from the cinema gods themselves. I told you we were in trouble with Dano and Williams. What did, you. What did you hear? Bishki on the street. Did you hear something about? I heard Williams. Uh, on I heard from another lodger that that uh, is that a misdirection? Like what is she just playing straight up his mom? Damn the torpedoes! Like what is going on there? Well, the hair doesn't help. Like oh, oh that haircut is bad. But she looked like ET. But when she's <laughs> joyous, like it doesn't. It's fake. It's when fake. she's sad, it's, it's fake. fake. Like it's just that's the problem. Okay, so this scene sets you up to not believe these characters. Correct. Like, it's larger than any life, and it's fucking funny unintentionally. It's yeah. Spielberg. It's tough. It's Spielberg on fucking crack. Yeah. yeah. I had like, to avert my eyes. I was cringing so hard in that yeah. first hour. There and were scenes where I was There's an like, earnestness that I was look also looking directly. away. I'm like, I can't look at this. <laughs> I can't look at this. You know, it's not just the earnestness. It's... He's not going to allow you to breathe. No, there's no breathing. To interpret any emotion, any intention, any any in, uh, interpretation of theme or what a scene is about or a moment's about. And it's eighty five percent misery. It's eighty five percent. That's later. So, that's later. That's so <laughs> crazy <laughs> how you forget that movies are even a part of it because it all just drifts away at a yeah. point and you're just trapped. But in this early drama. going, I was giving it as much as I could. I tried. He yeah. sees. Oh. He sees the film. He gets inspired. He gets super happy when he gets his train set and emulates what he sees in the film, this train crash. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. all right. But so tedious, though. Like, listen, so, like, once listen. you know where it's going, you're like, but, but, oh, but, God. But this like, is the early going where you don't, of it. you don't necessarily know what's in front of you. And mm -hmm. he does the precious thing where he's projecting the images on his hands in the dark. Oh, so precious. Which is so Spielbergian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such an image, such a And I'm shot. just like, okay, that's what we're in for. We're going to see his love of movies blossom through the his... Se sepia tone well, memory. It's yes. set up as his mom is thinking not to start a career here, but she's thinking he seems haunted by the train crash right. in the film if I can help him recreate it and then he can watch it over and over again, he'll have control yes. over a scary moment in life. Control is a vague theme. That's right. And it's, it threads throughout. Um, and so that's how it begins. And then he becomes um, enamored with the process of controlling reality Editing. by way of making his films. Yes. That's the, the setup. I and guess. then Seth Rogen drops oh. by. <laughs> Man, <laughs> such bad casting. What is this casting? Why did you cast Seth Rogen in this role? I'm going to stick up for the actors. For all right. A minute okay. Here. Go I'm gonna for stick it. Up I'm going to one actor. Right. I'm going to stick movie. up for two actors. I'm going to stick up for all the adults in this film. Okay. That is Stephen. That is not the actors. They are giving him what he wants. Yes. And I, I'm, yeah. He's he, playing in his own little just, sandbox. This is Tony Kushner, one of the most celebrated playwrights in in like modern american uh history yeah. mr angels in america and and someone who spielberg has collaborated with for a few movies now in a row and he's given us some real rough dialogue folks it's kushner yeah. and spielberg yeah, yeah. be but clear I'm about that totally stick up for the actors oh, because because when Judd Hirsch comes in, I don't. Oh we, man, we jump forward. I thought Judd Hirsch was pretty amazing. That Agreed. was a bright spot. Agreed. In the movie. That I could when, finally. But it's a self-contained. Yeah. But when he leaves, like five minutes after, it's like he's a on short screen, film. It's a short film within the film. Yes. Like my heart died because yeah. it's like, don't leave Judd. Yeah. Don't. You're yeah. you're putting this movie on the rails, and we're getting somewhere, yeah. and then he leaves. And you got heart, and you're like, re I really believe your emotions, and so here's the deal. Oh, God. Here's the deal, folks. <laughs> Seth Rogen comes over and... <laughs> That's your best uh, Dark Brandon impression. <laughs> here's folks, the deal. Here's, here's the deal. No, no, I mean it. No, I, no, I really mean it. I no really mean it. Sorry, go ahead. Gosh, this go time. Ahead. Come on, man. So <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen comes over for a family dinner 
and on paper plates with plastic forks. They telegraph that there's something between him and Michelle Williams mm. from mm. the jump. Mm. And it is just this slow motion molasses car crash of just watching them flirt. Watch Dano just have his stupid face on. Just oh, bitty, bitty, bitty. not so the, ahead of it. And you're so ahead of it. And when it gets to the point where Lil Spielberg is like Abraham Zapparuder is, yeah, is taking film, he edits together the images and he's like, holy shit, my mom and Benny are having a right. thing. But that scene played out way too long. That's like, oh, like 45 like minutes into the movie. We've known it from the jump. It was like watching the Zapruder film for like five minutes straight. Like it was just like, he like, there's different reels. Back putting and on forth. Different reels. There's back no, dude, we got it, man. Why are you doing this to us? There's yeah. no mystery. It's this like, is the problem is, is, is there's no mystery because he set it up, he teed it up and he came back to it again and again that by the time the scene itself actually isn't that bad in a vacuum. Right. But, in but we already know what we already know, and then we spend so much time rehashing what we already rehashing know, it spelling it out much hash. what we already know, and he does this over and over again. If Oof. he had just had an editor for this script to pare it down, yeah. I'm not saying Honestly, that it would have been better, but I, I, well, it would have been better. I, I'm not saying would have it would have been an enjoyable experience, but he could have fixed it from what it is. I like, thought we I, were like halfway through the movie or a little more than like a halfway and I looked at my watch and it was an hour yeah. in. We were literally 60 yeah. minutes Listen, in. We got a bottleneck of gripes here. And I wanted to lean over to Lodge Master and be like, we have two more I know, hours I know. of this. I wanted to lean over to you and let you know because I was checking my watch three times. Three times I did it. But There's a procession of bathroom uh, breaks had, between Bishki and LT. I had to from like hour Settle one. down. Uh, I gotta lay down a little more about this. No, no, break it down. Break it <laughs> down. Zapruder, yeah. Break it so down. One, the camera started spinning around him. No, there's a lot of footage before Zapruder. Oh. I mean, yeah. Listen up. One of Spielberg's contemporaries, Brian De Palma, mm -hmm. had a similar situation in his youth, in which his father was cheating on his mother, and his mother deputized him to film it and get evidence. Now that's a movie. Mm -hmm. De Palma uses this general feeling in his entire body of work. There's yeah. all this voyeurism. Yeah. And when he gets to blow out, he has a fucking field day with it, mm -hmm. but he puts an actual mystery in what Travolta is finding out as he puts the film together. Mm -hmm. Right. If you take the Fablemans, you have Seth Rogen come in. He has so much goodwill from the audience, supposedly. It's like, oh, funny man shows up. Very genial, warm, just, funny. Just let the family have some fun for a little while. But here's while. the problem again is that, and, and, and just, just, just a button on this point is, is they're telling us how funny it is. They're exactly. telling us how fun it is. But it's never fun. It's never it's funny. There's never because he, the second he walks in, it's obvious. Like, oh, this family's headed for a car crash because they tip their hand. Like, they don't need to show that Benny is macking on the mom. Let the family just exist for a while. We can think that if we want. Mm -hmm. But then let Spielberg discover it through his film. The fact that he doesn't and the fact that we are 40 minutes ahead wrecks this movie. Like, there's yeah. nothing. If you didn't know that Steven Spielberg, like this kid is Steven Spielberg and you didn't know what was going to happen with him, what even is this well, movie? Well, that's that is the that is the ultimate question. That's what the is ultimate this sin? Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. you got to make a move, you got to make this a movie. And this is this is this is some narcissism, like peak. Yes, it's, like, it's tough. Like I, I tried to imagine if what, how would I be reacting to this if Spielberg was sitting in this very auditorium yeah. seven and the AMC like, eight? Like, would I feel the same way? Would I get up to go pee? And the answer is yes, I would feel the same way. I would him walk out on him, watching me walk out. Everyone's like worshiping this kid as he's a filmmaker, and they're just like hanging on his every frame, crying at everything he projects and laughing uproariously it's, it's just like oh my god you're really gonna put this out there we're so invested in these parents that we're not we're like he's he's on screen the most yeah 
but I still don't really know. Like he's doing work. He's that kid, editing. It's that like, kid is a lightweight. The actor <laughs> they got. I'm fine with his performance. I'm actually okay with a little, the second he was, kid. He was yeah. a little too handsome and homogenized yeah. compared to the real Spielberg as a kid. So mm. I was like, dude, you are just this sprucing is, up everything. This is this was my problem when I saw this trailer a few times. <laughs> I'm like, this trailer looks like he's giving flowers to himself. And yeah. I'm very nervous, not just because of that, feels really icky yeah. and, and, and narcissistic indulgent. and self-indulgent, but it also is like coming from Spielberg, who's Mr. On the Nose, Mr. Yeah. You know, no subtlety, billboard emotions. And so the combination of the two, I was scared for this film. And I had a few people who's a like opinions I really trust were telling me, no, 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 you got it wrong. You're going to love it. Yeah. And I am just kind of, I'm... People, a lot of people are loving right this shit. Yeah, they're loving it. Well, there's a lot of people that love anything Spielberg throws. That's at them. true. That's true. So, it's this movie's mainly about the parents and <sighs> the marriage, the unhappy, suffocating marriage because she married for security and not for love, and she's in love with her husband's like best friend, coworker, Seth Rogen. But you, <sighs> from a distance, you see this like increasingly wealthy family like shit's popping off going well for them on the outside and i everybody knows that divorce is toxic to a family but that's the only thing that is remotely a story in this movie well he learns how to make um gunshots um, you know, with DIY special effects. I want yeah, more of no, that. No, like, I yeah. want that shit. Like, that's the only stuff I really yeah. liked was yeah. the filmmaking stuff because sure. that's stuff that you can relate to as like a you know a, a young kid. It's like involve video camera. Yeah. Out, involve like, the parents' disillusion of their marriage as a backdrop. That's a subplot. Yeah. Right. But as it is, it's like this is just therapy. But you know, mm -hmm. this is just but filmed therapy. This is the other dis thing that's interesting. They don't combine the, the the themes here no he never the movies he's making are basically facsimiles of the movies he's watching it right. would have been interesting if in going through what his family went through he became interested in people and and who he is and right. found his voice in telling the story and he kind of you see an inkling of an evolution <laughs> of an artist's voice and that's not at all what this movie's about no. so there's no there's no marriage of the two of the two main elements of the movie which is his the Batman origin story of Steven Spielberg, a God's gift to filmmaking, <laughs> and then, and then a you know of a, a family uh, falling apart, and and there, there's no connection I mean, between yeah, the two. I, like, I, I know that. I, just to piggyback off what Zach is saying, it's like <clears throat> if you ever watched the OG inside the actor's studio with James Lipton interviewing Steven Spielberg, and this was like right up, to, I think to to Saving Private Ryan, maybe, mm. you get very quickly through the Q&A that Spielberg has never done any kind of like self-examination or, or like self, you know, uh, awareness or therapy or whatever. Because James Lipton is like asking him questions and hearing his answers and then pointing out, you know, connections and stuff. And it's like blowing Spielberg's <laughs> mind by, by like by the end of it. It's like they, therapy 101. It is. Like by the end of it, when they thank him for coming and the entire room bursts into applause, Spielberg like leans over to James Lipton and is like whispering to him like, how'd you do that? Thank you for this. <laughs> like this was really amazing for me. And one, one of the things they brought up in that Q&A was, yeah, because of Spielberg's parents' divorce, it completely, you know, freaked him out. He was so afraid and 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 like sad that he just hid behind a camera and like channeled all that into like distracting himself because he'd rather, yeah, deal with controlling a train set crashing or dealing with, you know, like a stagecoach robbery or and dealing with the unpredictability yeah, of humans. Yeah, and like, humans. Putting, and like <laughs> putting this all together so he can tune out his parents, like, you know, failing marriage or whatever. And like Zach said, if he just showed us that, yeah. And we got that, like just then that you know, could be incorporated in the theme. That's dramatic. You can yeah. you can mine drama from that. But here, it's like yeah, he's making films, but it's not yeah connected to <laughs> what like, he's making has nothing to do with what's going on. Nothing. It never does. And 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 he does. You're right. And he he does have this moment where it's like it the theme of like control and everything in his life. It's like later on we're really really skipping ahead, but uh, uh, this bully offers him a joint. Casper Van Dien Jr. Yeah, <laughs> and he says like, and the kid says, well what 
what does this do? I've never done this before. And he, he says, well, it helps you feel like it's uh, that things are out of control yeah, and, and, and it's okay. It's okay. Or something. And I'm like, smoke and, the fucking joint well, Spielberg for sure. And then he's <laughs> yeah. saying like everything in my head is already out of control anyway. And then the anyway. dude's like, whatever nerd smell you later. <laughs> yeah. They, dude, we're, we're, I mean, if, well, are we going to yeah. go through all these beats we're or going are we going to, we're going to the California we're just, subplots. We're, we're doing some free jazz. I just want to, <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you guys a question. When they all sit around and watch Michelle Williams do some ballet dancing oh, in yes, front yeah. of the, the dance fire, of the Fablemans. What? What? <laughs> were you guys able to watch that whole thing head oh, on? Oh man, that's oh. when I think I started closing. I my was eyes. looking around. Was I was hard, closing my eyes. It was hard cringe. That was knew, in the first hour. That was tough. And I knew oh. they were going to cut to the footage later of it, and that was hard cringe. And I was just—it's like, interesting oh. because like that moment for me. And excuse my pun here, folks, but it was kind of dancing around an interesting mm, idea. You're excused. I liked that she was acting out because she she knew she had to be in this family for the kids, do the right thing. Like that, she was a kind of a prisoner of that control, as, yeah. it, as it were. But she had to express herself. She had to like feel something, and so she did this, and it made her daughter very uncomfortable. Everyone yeah. can see her her naked body through the you know, and everyone's watching. And I was like, this is a weird scene, really weird, and it could have mm-hmm. be really kind of interesting. I thought it was going to turn into a horror movie. I'm like, what the fuck is it was, going on here? Right, it was dancing around an interesting scene, and then it never really congealed into... Yeah, and it should have felt sadder and more uncomfortable, I think. And then like, the plot think- contrivance of Dano being like, you need to cancel your plans to shoot your movie because you need to edit your mom dancing around the fire because it'll make her feel better. Yeah, that was weird. What? They just needed to get him looking at that film so he could see the affair. It's like, and the mom passing away, and you never meet the mom like that. No, that, you met her. You met her briefly. Briefly, oh, okay. yeah. around the train. Yeah, oh. that very very early. There were two mothers there's, there. I think there's not a lot of character development. There's Seth Rogen's character is kind of the central figure of the whole movie, and he. W- who the fuck is he? No, we never He's, he's a that. cipher. Yeah, I don't know like, anything. He's Benny. He's Benny. Mr. Chuckle. We all miss Benny. Uncle Benny, Benny the goofball. Benny the chuckle man. But very episodic. I mean, yes. it goes around. It's it so disjointed. Time. That's why I was checking my phone where it's like. The first hour was torture. Second hour got a little better because he was in high school. <laughs> so there was things for me to laugh at, you know, as opposed well, to the sad marriage. Okay. Let's talk about a scene, another scene. Yeah. When they move to California and they go and he goes to high school and it's a whole new world and a lot of guys hanging around and he feels out of place and gets the shit kicked out of him. It starts experiencing anti-Semitism. And again, uh, you know, for anyone that's experienced anti-Semitism, it generally doesn't come as billboard on right. the nose like that, mm-hmm. Mr. Spielberg. It usually is these little microaggressions, and it then it works its way around until it until it's it becomes suffocating. It's not like you're a Jew, you killed yeah. Jesus, you know, and like Jews, se- Jews, ha ha ha, rapid like, fire, yeah. yeah. Like it, even in that scene, except for Kanye, he just kind of does the billboard <laughs> style, but most it. people don't. Do that, but in so, that yeah. scene that you're talking about, where they're all standing around, kind of launching shit at him, like even in this movie, the staging is awkward. Really, like awkward. the way that people move. Like you think it's Spielberg. It's r- like Mr. West Side Story. I know this would be covered, but it's like it's like he wasn't even thinking about that. He was just getting off on the therapy, mm. and he yeah. wasn't able to. Like they're all standing, kind of like. In a line, or when people would move and they for the camera, it was like everyone would it would like they would turn, it's true, turn around, camera would move, and it's like hit your mark. Now the camera and it was throughout, but that scene was where I was like, okay, this is I'm not making this up. This is happening, and a lot of the line readings are weird. I think he's really like stick to the page, do not improvise. This is my life, that's classic Spielberg, (laughs) but there's a lot of like laughs that are supposed to happen, and our theater was. Dead silent. Listen. Until there was until we in high school. Not on screen, but in the audience. Listen. It synced up with the screen. We said that there probably wasn't going to be a salad dragon in this. There were two. There were two? Utah. Give me two. (laughs) There were. (laughs) And here's the first one, motherfuckers. The salad dragon. A 
scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> Sam Fableman comes home and you you hear like some plates breaking or something glass breaking. He goes in and lo and behold, his mother has bought a monkey. And there's a there's monkey trouble in the house. The monkey's swinging from a chandelier, throwing light bulbs down. Benny the monkey. Benny, and then she names it Benny. So it's like, you know, if you're like not sure what's going on in your relationship, you do weird things. Like I've seen. Uh, this is a, a, a dance. People yeah. like will paint their bedroom a wild color just to like try to get a chain, like try to like defibrillate themselves into feeling again. She buys a monkey. Yeah. You know? And she's like, I just love watching monkeys and their monkey shines. It's a that- cry for help. She wants she wants <laughs> big cry for she help. She wants to blow up the marriage and she can't do it on her own. But, but the shot yeah. of Dano. The, yeah. the monkey, the literal monkey on his back <laughs> named Benny. Yeah. Gets onto his back. <laughs> and the music's kooky. The music's and- kooky. And the monkey comes around as a button and licks Mr. Dano on the cheek. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. But my, bravissimo. But my favorite part, though, was when <laughs> Sam Fableman comes home and it's like revealed that it's a monkey. This gentleman in the back row gasped. He was oh, like, yeah. he was like, <gasps> and then when Paul Dano came in and the monkey jumped on him, he gasped just like the guy yes. in the back row. And I was like, holy <laughs> there shit. There was a dude in the back who was going through some things. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. I think yeah. that was the person who had like the grocery bag full of snacks that they kept yeah. rifling through. <laughs> yeah. Now I actually, it's interesting. I forgot. I, you know, listeners, we usually say we keep it muted. Yeah. In the elevator, the lodge master very sternly said to us, you leave the monkey to me. <laughs> now, because I had in my head, we all agreed to this. Yeah. So I kind of forgot that in my calculation, uh, there were two dragons. Yes. Not including the monkey. So oh, I'm going to say there's three. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say there's three. Let's there's go three. three. Let's and go so three. And so now number two. I think two, I know what you're talking number about. Number two, very soon after. Yeah. Double dragon. Sammy Fableman yes. meets these two girls. He's got to apologize to one of the girls because he said that her boyfriend cheated on her. And then he got the shit kicked out of him. And then in, in order to not get the shit kicked out of him more, he had to go apologize and say, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't see it. And the girls start fucking with him. But again, the intent, the tone is really weird in the mm-hmm. scene. It's um, weird. It's bizarre. I can't quite place it, but they're very into the fact that he's Jewish. It's like pornographic. Right. Yeah. And so she, this girl brings Sam to her room and she's not joking about, about praying to Jesus and everything. Her room is like a grotto. Yeah. Uh, uh, to Elvis Presley and to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> both hot men. Yeah. And hot men. And it seems like she wants to kiss him in front of Jesus and he's ready. And then she says, no, let's pray first. And they get on their knees. And it's one of the kind of kinkiest, yeah. weirdest, it's wild. The movie funniest. comes alive. It the, comes it alive. Came no, the she, fuck alive. That I'm like, girl yes, brings Steven, it. Yes. No, no clue who she is, but she she was a good actress. I liked her. Yeah. I liked her. And that was a wild scene. Wild. And they said, let Jesus come inside you. Let him enter you. Let yeah. him enter you. I got some laughs. Yeah. I mean, that whole scene. Yeah. Was was a great drag. That's a for deserved me. deserved drag. Dres- for sure. Absolutely. That yeah. was great. That was great. So he does some more shit in high school. He go. He he goes to the beach and films some shit. He breaks up. I liked. I liked the detail. <laughs> I was looking for. Any, I was like free falling through this movie at this point. I'm just like, just get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. But I was. I was grabbing little bits and pieces that I could relate to. And when the point came up about his girlfriend mentioning that her father owned an Aeroflex camera. And seeing his eyes light up and being like, okay, this, this, this is big. This is some big information for me. Like that reminded me of a girl that I dated (laughs) in high school who her mother and her had some sort of blank VHS tape racket where they would get like 
lots of like training videos and then use an eraser to erase them all and then resell them. So I was flush with VHS tapes. Nice. As long as I was with this girl. And I'm like, okay, this is love and business. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and who, you know, I, I went from that Bolex to to the Airflex. Yeah. And like, I, I'm, he's speaking, the, I know yeah. Steven's language here. But I went from but VHS to high eight. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like if you tell someone that you're going to see the life of Steven Spielberg and he's going to make the jump from Bolex to Aeroflex. You get an image in your head. You get like some sort of amber tinted like glow as he reaches down and picks it up for the first time. There's none of that. Yeah. It's not romanticized at all. And just film Amblin, (laughs) film Amblin, just call it Amblin and film it in the movie. Like this is his original short film. Yes. So anyway, we move on. We move on. We trudge forth. We're in vaguely hour two. <laughs> divorce <laughs> divorce is going divorce down. begins, kid. And that uh, scene where they tell the kids, your mother and I are uh, getting divorced. The kids are like, why? You, you, he, it was, it's, it was so close to after school special, that yeah. scene. Yeah. Just, you know, you, you love him and you love him. Why are you doing this to us? And yeah. why, you know, and like, it just. I'm not saying that there's like a new way to explore divorce, but I think because it's so on the nose, it's so universal, there's a way to like, what's the point of view here? Do it all ex- from Sammy's point of view or like. It's exactly. Yeah, the kids that's are the cry- problem. The kids are weeping. It's and- like almost not art. It's just like you're transposing this divorce minutia it's onto cliche, the film yeah. and hope that people are touched by it. Mm-hmm. Oof. And if you don't, again, if you don't know that he's Batman, right? Then who the fuck cares? <laughs> who cares? And if you know he's Batman, again, it's so narcissistic to say, "Guess what, folks? Yeah. I'm Batman, and you care about how I got to be Batman. That's why you're here. Watch my and divorce like, yeah. origins. Yeah. So it's a lot of just like it's a very, um, it's a very irritating concept, you know, like, uh, in general, but anyway, moving, moving, moving on. on I'm, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little worried that listening to us be miserable about this will be akin to us being miserable watching the film. <laughs> so let's get to that third dragon. Yeah. Shall we? No, please, please. One, two, three, three. Zach, you got to take this one. All right. So we go to L. It's one year later. One year later. Lucas was in the bathroom with that year jump hat. Yeah. And he oh, was yeah. fine. And Bishki was in the bathroom when the whole prom went down. And then he oh, was yeah. fine. He was, he was fine. There is Who real cares? quick, real quick, at yeah. the prom, he makes his big beach day movie, and the bully sees himself on the screen and sees that, boy, this kid who I've been mean to for the year makes me look makes great. me look better than I am which only reminds me of how shitty I am and they have this confrontation it was real Spielberg stepping through the screen and saying the power of cinema yeah, yeah. but in the and, worst most depressing possible way yeah right so anyway anyway so we moved to LA one year later and he's struggling at school. He, he, he wants to start working. And he's, he, he's writing letters to everyone. And we have to hear about the divorce for the 20th time between him and He shows pictures Dano. to his dad of Benny, Benny and his mom. And it's like, yeah, we get it. We've been getting it for the last 80 <laughs> minutes. It's the same thing. Anyway, you show Paul so Dano then, jacking off to that picture, then we got a movie. Yeah. <clears throat> under under the, a crucifix, then we really got oh, a movie. Yeah. A lot of surprise. Anyway, okay, so then he gets... <laughs> A envelope. <laughs> he gets an envelope in that same scene where he's like, "My life is just oh passing God, me by." They just he's smashing not even, it all into he's even one twenty scene. years old anyway. And then he gets, <laughs> yeah, woe is him. Fuck woe him. is fucking him. <laughs> and he gets an invitation to meet the producer of Hogan's Heroes on a lot. He goes, and then that guy is like, "Maybe you could get to be an assistant to an assistant to an assistant yeah. next season." So it's not going anywhere. He says, "But." You really want to make movies, don't you, kid? Okay, well, next door, there is dragon number three. Yes! The greatest filmmaker of all time. And it was universal, so I was like, is he going to meet Hitchcock? Yeah. But then, quickly, we pan to... All the all the posters. Stagecoach. 
How green is my valley? Searchers. Searchers. Every single John Man Ford. Man who shot Liberty Valance, which he watches earlier in yeah. the movie. Yeah. And he even leans back so you can see the poster better. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten. I had heard long ago. I did but too. But I Sam, forgot. I forgot. Thanks, and Internet. So I, was, so I was like, who's this John Ford going to be? Zach. Mr. David Lynch. <laughs> 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 and and it and it is it is Dragon Three, without a doubt. And yeah. I will say this: worth the price of admission. Sure, yeah. Sure. If, if you have to sit through yes. two and a half fucking hours of this shit, yes, then at least he sends you home with a present. You top it off. He's the cherry. And it's and it's this nervous kid meeting John Ford, played by David Lynch, <laughs> and he basically says, "I want you." To look at these paintings and tell me what you see, and then he basically teaches him about perspective and 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 horizon lines, and then says, "Now get the fuck out of my office," and the movie's over. And then it's over. Um, and that's good. That was that. That was if the whole movie had that sense of humor, and uh, and then Spielberg does like a jig <laughs> in the back lot. Down the down down the road. Well, then the camera readjusts frame. readjusts frame. So precious because because, because uh, John Ford tells him taking the advice of John. He Ford, takes the yeah. advice. He says the horizon line is is high in the frame. Interesting. Low in the frame. Interesting. Middle of the frame. Boring. So when he leaves, it's middle of the frame. He tilts up. Gives you that if little the whole, that little wink. If yeah. the whole movie was that cutesy, and if like earlier where he's like talking to the bully and he's like. Listen, I won't tell anybody about this unless I make a movie about it, which I never will. You know, that's oh, him winking wah, through the screen. Yeah. But if the whole movie was in that mode where it was at least trying to entertain you, like a Robert Zemeckis Back to the Future vibe, maybe maybe things would have worked out a little different with these impending bones. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's a warm bone in this in this edge, folks. I don't. There's only one way to find out. Let's go with them fable bones. Who, who, who will be first to bone? Lucas, you are first to bone. First to bone. Ooh. Oh, started off. Twas a cold night when Brother Lucas <laughs> took the microphone first. A cold and wet night. He's rarely first to bone. It's true. you usually got to be strategic of where you're going to drop that atom bomb. But we're cold, all going to drop some bombs here. So. Oh, God. Man, I could teach a college course on this the, the late career of Steven Spielberg because I personally <laughs> feel he peaked creatively, artistically with Schindler's List mm-hmm. and he lost his identity after that. Like he didn't know what to do after that. And like his first movie was The Lost World, the Jurassic Park sequel, which we can all agree is not a great, you know, follow up to Schindler's List. Uh, but then he did, you know, Saving Private Ryan, which, you know, he rightfully won the Best Director Oscar for. I think that's a bit of an outlier, but everything else. Catch just, me if you can, though. Well, I'm going to get to that. Okay. So it's interesting. Oh. <laughs> Do your thing. You cook, bro. Yeah, he's you got cook. a syllabus. Is, is Spielberg kind of made this movie already with that Catch Me If You Can, mm. you know? Like, it's all the, right. the theme of marriage, dissolution, and, yes. and, and just, like, running away from your feelings, running away from your past, running yeah. away from that fear, anxiety, oh, that's depression. Brilliant, that's man. art. That yeah, is that's art. money, LP. Yeah, that and, is and right. I, and, I, and I love that movie, and it's also a bit too long. I think that's also 220 or something crazy when it's it should so fun. be 90 minutes. But it's fun. Exactly. It is not miserable. Whereas this, from the get-go, you're just like, oh, oy vey, like... <laughs> This is a tough watch. Bless you for that always. And, <laughs> and I was struggling like every hour. Uh, and, <laughs> every hour and, of it. And, and I was thinking like, man, you know, like especially towards the end when, you know, he's making all the films and, you know, going to Hollywood. And, and I'm thinking like, gosh, if Spielberg could do this over, I think the more interesting story is him going from, his, let's say, his senior year of high school. This yeah. is a live rewrite. Ooh, here we go. Oh. Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! If you open the Fablemans with him shooting the Ditch Day senior like film, you know, like if that's our prologue, if that's our opening, and you take us through him going to Cal State Long Beach and 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 you know sneaking onto the Universal Lot and somehow getting the money to make a 35 millimeter short film in Amblin and then getting that short film to Sid Sheinberg at Universal, who somehow called him back and was like, hey kid. 
I watched your short and I think you should be a, a director. And, and he's like, okay. And he's like, how about a seven year contract? So his whole life is like pretty much set up from the get go. And then yeah. you could like end it with him undertaking Jaws where you're not sure how it's going to go. And then you kind of end it before he finishes that. And you make it all a musical. So you get rid of West Side Whoa. Story, you combine Whoa. West Side Story with the Fablemans, and you make it like this, you know, Hollywood extravaganza musical. And and that that is interesting. That would be fun. You know, that I could give a bone to, but for this, I, I gotta give this a woof. This is Spiel Woof. Take that, Spielberg. Oh, Fable Woof. Hothead coming in hot. Wow. Brother Bishki, you gonna match his intensity? Nah, I mean, I'm I'm in pain. I'm still in pain <laughs> yeah, from yeah, this yeah. movie. Coming off of weird, the Al Yankovic story. Yes. There's some scenes in here that I what was a, laughing at. What a double feature! Like it's because that's exactly what Weird Al's making fun of is yes. these earnest, forced, self-filating, contrived biopic <laughs> conventions that just destroy me. And uh, so, yeah, I'm still hurting. Everybody's getting nominated, right? And Judd Hirsch is winning God. an Oscar. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just well, trying to put well, some more kindling No, I do have some bone shards. <laughs> Judd Hirsch deservedly gets a half bone. He's yeah. great. He's great. He's great for so great. the five minutes he's in. I don't think he'll get nominated because it's so short. I, I like think if, they're going to be cheeky about it. They might. They might. Yeah. And I do like the, you know, the filmmaking, this the kid filmmaking stuff. Like, and, yeah, and there's a lot more you can do it's there. It's cute. It's fun. It's there's charming. A, there's yeah. a lot more you can do there. And it's kind of stiff in this one and not as fun as it could be. I love that he's got a boner for editing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> all that kind of fetishism of all the film stuff. Like, that's more what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. 100% and didn't get too much of. But I'll give a half bone for that. And then the, the the final dragon with Lynch, yeah, like come on, you got to smile for Lucas that. Lucas doesn't even give a shard for Lynch. He yeah. gives no shard. <laughs> That's what the movie should have been about. Like if you had more Lynch, you'd have more bones. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I'm glad Lynch agreed to doing this, and I wonder what he thought of the final product. But, oh God. <laughs> uh, so he skimmed it. All, all that gets you up to is one and a half. One and but one this, half. This this went down painfully. Coming off a of West Side Story, which was I thought was kind of breezy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Easy. I mean, it was just kind of a, a total remake of of the similar movie. length. But it had yeah. a lot more life than this. This was dead on arrival. Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to my live rewrite real quick I was mm. also just sitting here listening and thinking god yeah what else is interesting or dramatic about Spielberg's life and I think it's his first marriage mm. to Amy Irving who was yeah. a Brian De Palma actress because I don't think Spielberg ever really dated around a lot as much as this movie we just saw would lead you to believe but I, <laughs> I, I feel like that first relationship he had with Amy was very complicated and yeah. contentious for a lot of different reasons that I'm probably not even privy to but what I do know in the timeline is he cheated on Amy Irving with Kate Capshaw when he's making Temple of Doom and they had their first son in like 85 and then he left her to marry Capshaw, who he's now currently married to. And I'm sure that dredged up a lot of his past with his own parents. Yeah. Like, he, you doesn't, know what I mean? he doesn't want to look at anything he's that not he's touching doing. He doesn't want to look in the mirror. And, and it's like, if you did that and then maybe even put yourself in the movie as Steven Spielberg and maybe de-aged yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. Now you're on to something. <laughs> but people this are going is... to say... The Fablemans is what it isn't. They're going to say it's him looking back at his life and examining himself. No, he's looking at his parents exclusively. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brother Zach. Love and light? No, sir. No. Oh, no. No, sir. Here's my. Here's how I'm going to kick it off. Yeah. You're going to make a movie about Jews and actually not be funny? <sighs> yeah. Bro. That sucks. No, 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 no. <laughs> I have never been around a family of Jews in my life that were laughing as much as this family, oh, but without jokes. Seth Rogen wasn't even funny. No. I mean, is, is that, but are we touching on something? Is Steven Spielberg the least funny Jewish filmmaker? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Okay, so that's my first problem with He's this movie. He's never taught penis breath. Uh, the main thing I think we hit on is that um, this the whole conceit of making this film 
is kind of fucked from the beginning because it's a love letter to himself and his origins. Yeah. And he doesn't really get to the heart no. of, of who he is and why, other than these broad stroke themes Surface about broad controlling the world uh, that is uncontrollable. But he I doesn't don't even need... really say anything about it. Yeah. He's just so, like, he just acknowledges that he... Wants control, but feels out of control. My other thing is, it's interesting that that uh, Brother Lucas's live rewrite is he wants it as a musical. And I think what's yeah. interesting is I really wasn't expecting to love West Side Story or even to be able to handle it because I don't love most musicals. Mm. Uh, cabaret aside, which is Cats uh, aside. all that jazz. <laughs> like Fosse aside, Fosse is the king. Um, but I was so impressed with the life that Spielberg brought to some of those scenes. And it's interesting, as you were saying, in this, it's like everything is choreographed, but so stiff, so yeah. unnatural. Really so unnatural. So maybe if he had just made his life a musical, it would have had the flair that we all love uh, from Spielberg. But it's okay because musicals are larger than life. Emotions like opera uh, on a billboard and it's not subtle. Mm -hmm. And that's what this was, but without the music. And so uh, that was my problem. Uh, yeah, I, I can't woof it. I, I want to join in a chorus of woof to Spielberg. It's kind of delicious to think about. Yeah. I can't woof it because no. it, it of Judd Hirsch's five. I can't woof That's it right. because of Lynch's five minutes. That's right, it's type five. So those two five minutes give me uh, a one bone, <laughs> and this is a one bone from me. One bone from Zach. I didn't think we would be dipping this low. Oh, me yeah. neither. You think I like this? I love the man. I, yeah. I gave four bones to Judd. And what's crazy, I'm sitting there watching the Ditch Day video and it's like 1964 and I'm going, wait a minute, 64, but Jaws was like 11 years later. How could he be like that famous, successful set like that soon? You know what I mean? Like yeah. You'll it, find no answers in this it film. It crinkles no, my brain. You're not going to get any answers. You got to read Easy Riders or Raging Bulls. Way more interesting of a film. Oh, my uh, God. It, it, it would that have been? Somebody yeah. needs to shoot yeah. that already. Yeah. Oh, and sorry. One last they thing. Did. One last thing before we <laughs> go to you, Lodge Master. Yeah. There, uh, the other uh, dragon in the room here is Armageddon Time. Okay. And, and that is another film that is sincere, but is so much uh, more digestible and, and, and interesting, even if it's dealing with very broad, loud themes of American life, such as class, race, and um, and family and culture. It is so much more moving and interesting than this film. Okay. And uh, the James Gray wins the the heavyweight bout in, in a knockout. And it's I'm not also, even close. And I'm also, I'm curi I'm also yeah. curious about Sam Mendes's Empire of Light, right. which is like a th movie theater, kind of interracial romance, historical drama, which I also feel is very personal. And level. also a love letter to cinema, too. Mm -hmm. It's like there's a few of these movies that are all coming out right now. It's weird. Yeah. Right yeah. now we're talking about The Fablemans. And off you go. <laughs> off you go. The Fablemans. This went down sideways mm. down my gullet. I kept saying to myself, I think I'm allergic to this. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I can handle, I can handle myself. Like I've seen some, I've seen some tough cookies projected in my day. But I was squirming pretty much from the jump, right mm. from that Batman origin uh, outside the movie theater. Uh, I was like, I was like, oh no, something's something's gone very wrong. We're losing our Sunday, and we're all fucked. And that panned out. I was I was not comfortable through this entire movie. We got <laughs> we got the recliners. They didn't even recline right, and we weren't. It just is not a comfortable watch. Mm -hmm. And I. I'm looking forward in a psychic kind of way, and I am seeing all the nominations for this. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's happening. And no, I'm hearing no, no, no way. I, I think Variety gave their staff pick to the menu and not even to the Fableman. Doesn't matter. No, like, no. It's getting nominated. You're going to hear this is, this is gonna John Williams' tinkly from... piano score. I don't think it's going to win a lot, but it's going to get nominated for it everything. It will get nominated Market. for everything. Market. Yeah. And uh, I just, I hate that that's going to happen because this, this isn't it. This isn't it, folks. Like, you've heard us go on at length about our problems. And at the end of the day, Zach, I have to co-sign with you. It's half a bone for Judd, half a bone for Lynch. And that is it. One bone. Mm -hmm. No bumps. Brother yeah. Ben, 
no way. Nope. Not this time. No, Brother Ben stayed home today. <laughs> yeah, he did. Man, I did not feel Brother Ben's presence in the <laughs> Even though he was sitting next to me when I got <laughs> nauseous during life itself, and I told him I was bouncing. Oh, he was not there this time. You guys reevaluating your relationship with Michelle Williams? Listen. Oh, man. Oh, she, I, she was that's misdirected. Not, that's not her fault. She was not misdirected. Judy Garland at dinner theater is not a direction okay. you should No take. one, no one could have delivered no that properly. That's that true. was a that's that was set a, set up to fail. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's true. All right. Well, let's let people go enjoy their lives. <laughs> mm. Yes. We go can... home and watch a, a, a good movie about marriage. Yeah. Like... What's what's the counter program to this? Eyes wide shut. <laughs> <laughs> I think we good Christmas. We movie. entered into a very chaotic uh, experience just now, and through this podcast, we brought a sense of control. Sure. There you yeah. go. And yep. that's that's what I'm taking with. <laughs> but now we're gonna <laughs> smoke some weed. We're actually gonna do it. So oh, that, that we must. That we must chaos. legally in California. Oh, yeah. God. The chaos of rewrites. All right. Be careful out there. Love and light. Love and light. <laughs> Love and light. <laughs> Magic. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Hello, Lodge. This is Sister Emma calling from snowy Minneapolis for the Fablemans. It was like both boring and captivating at the same time. Like I didn't care and I kind of couldn't stop watching i think because of some of the weird kind of croutani prayers and dances in front of headlights and uh the monkey of it all so it was pretty to look at i thought that the young man that played sammy as you know the older sammy his performance was great paul dano was great um but this is a it's a two-bone movie will i watch it again no never but it's okay. So that's my bone count. Uh, happy holidays to everybody and hope to see you soon. At 24 24 frames frames a a second. second.